0: Welcome to The Way Church Service with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 514 Smithfield Avenue in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.TheWayMinistriesRI.org. Thank you and have a great day.
1: All right, we are going to get started. Welcome to the way Church Service. I want to thank everyone for coming out tonight to get a portion of God's Word. Amen? Amen. First and foremost, I'd like to thank our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for making all this possible for us by becoming obedient unto death, by going to the cross, shedding His blood for the forgiveness of our sins, and becoming the final sacrifice for our sins. So we could have a new life, eternal life, spiritual life, and a new purpose here on planet earth for all who believe in the one and only Son of God. Amen? We gather here to learn about our Creator and find our purpose here and use it to glorify God and to serve our Lord and Savior and one another. Our goal is to grow spiritually and to start to handle life God's way, not our way. God's Word, which is the Bible, Becomes the owner's manual to our lives. And we use it to see how God wants us to think, live, act, serve, and how to treat ourselves and others. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Each part of his body is very precious to God. I want to personally welcome each and every one of you to the way. We depend on God's grace, not our own power, to accomplish his will for our lives. And if you do have a cell phone, can you please silence it so it doesn't disturb tonight's service? And we'll start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us this awesome opportunity to gather together tonight, Lord, as your family. To worship, honor, and glorify you, Lord. And place your name above all names, Lord. Even our own, Father. As all of us fight to put you first in our lives, Lord. Thank you for your matchless grace. And tender-hearted mercies, Lord, that begin afresh every day. For without that, Lord, we would never be able to do your will. And thank you for all the people here, Lord, and the faithfulness of the ministry and how faithful you are to us, even when we're not always faithful to you, Lord. Thank you for that unconditional love that you give us, Lord. Help us that to extend us on ourselves and others, Lord, so we can show the lost and dying world that we really do belong to you and are controlled by the Holy Spirit and not our flesh. Thank you, Jesus, for all the opportunities you give us to serve you. Let us always be responsible and accountable to you, even when we're not here as we represent you in everything we think, say, and do, Lord. And as always, let everything we do tonight be led by your Spirit, Father, And our my flesh. And it's in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen and amen. Okay, we're going to stand and sing. Brittany's going to come up. We're going to get started. (laughs)
0: What <laughs> the
1: Thanks, Brett. Great job, everybody. How's everybody doing tonight? All right. Good to see everybody. Hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas with friends and family as we all get together and celebrate the birth of our Savior. Amen. And we get get started all over again. Back in action. Right. Back in church with our family. Oh, I know I need it. That's for sure. Sometimes family can be a little trying at times, right? <laughs> Especially around the holidays when, you know, we all get together and talk about things we, that differ. <laughs> and we all try to stay in agreement and happy without any kind of bickering. And hopefully that all went well for everybody. It did for me. I just kind of... <laughs> Silence is golden. Amen. Thank God Jesus gave me a, a zipper. I have no opinion. Just love today. How's that? Just like Jesus loved us. Amen. I went by the principle. My mother said, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. How about an amen for that? And the Holy Spirit gives us that filter. Amen. All right. We're going to be starting in John 16. Verse 22, the Holy Spirit is taking over, so I please ask you to be attentive to that, not to cause any detract distractions that might try to take us out of the Spirit, so we can listen to what the Spirit is trying to say to the church tonight, amen? amen. Okay. We're we'll going verse 22 of John 16. That wall? (laughs) You might be. Well, just give it a minute so they can come in so we don't get distracted, okay? We have a lot of grace and mercy here. The Bible tells us if you want to get it, you've got to give it. We all need it, right? That's where Jesus came, full of grace and truth. Is everybody there, John sixteen, verse twenty two. Okay, so <laughs> good. We're on um, John sixteen, verse twenty two. so you have sorrow now but i will see you again and then you will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy amen joy in the lord is our strength at that time you won't need to ask me for anything i tell you the truth you will ask the father directly and he will grant your request because you use my name you haven't done this before Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. What's he trying to say? When Jesus goes to heaven, and he bro- when, after he died, he broke that the veil, and we can go directly to God now. We never have to go to a priest or another human being. Amen? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that. We can talk to him wherever we are, mm-hmm. wherever we want, and that's an awesome thing. Because most of the times when I need a prayer, it's when I'm out there doing something or in action. Amen? Usually when I'm sleeping, I'm good. Well, even then, I don't know. My mother used to tell me, "You're good." You're, you're, the only time you're good is when you're sleeping. And I don't know. I had some dreams that weren't that good.
0: Yeah, right.
1: The devil even attacks me in my dreams. Amen. So that's a. You know how that goes, right? You wake yeah. up and sometimes you think it happened. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like okay. And I open my eyes and it's on, right? Thank you, Jesus. All right, we're gonna um i got a a subject we're going to talk about that, that God has been writing on my heart to share with you, and it's going to be unconditional love. How's that? We all need that now, don't we? Well, not that we all need it. We already have it, all believers. Okay? Unconditional love. I'm going to explain it a little bit before we go into the scriptures, and we'll get started. Amen? Okay. Unconditional love is possible, not impossible, because the Bible said, says nothing is impossible with God, amen? And we all have the very love of God in us. Love seems to hang in the balance of fairy tales and tragedies, okay? It is one of the most misunderstood and mis- misapplied words in our vocabulary. Love is so fluid that it can apply to your favorite ice cream flavor on the next sentence, refer to the feelings we have for another human being, okay? It's easy to understand how so many find themselves confused when it comes to, to the subject of love. This word rarely is received in its purest form, okay? Instead, it comes with a tremendous amount of conditions, baggage and confusion. Psychology tells us that the act of receiving Not or not receiving love can make or break a person emotionally and spiritually. It can propel us towards greatness or limit us in our capacity to find fulfillment, satisfaction, and purpose. Are you with me so far here? Mm -hmm. A church, or our church, may be the only place you have ever heard the two words unconditional and love used together in the same sentence. Okay? We hear it most often talked about when we remember and reflect on the voluntary sacrifice of God's Son on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin. In turn, everyone has the ability to reconnect and have an ongoing dynamic relationship with God. Can I get an amen for this? Because of what he did. This is the ultimate expression of love without condition. The idea that love might be unconditional is perplexing. Is that even possible? And who actually has the capacity to act in that way toward another human being? Most people have never experienced unconditional love. Too often the affection of others comes at too high a price to even consider the possibility that love might be unconditional. This notion of unconditional love dissipates in our attempt to act in this way towards others. Okay, We try with our best of intentions but end up projecting our expectations on others only showing them favor and love when they satisfy our needs and follow through with our requests. We don't mean to act like this or behave in this way it's just so part of our sinful nature that we can't help ourselves. Can I get an amen for this? Am I the only one that thinks this way? No. We want to do it, but we have this something inside us that always needs an expectation attached to it. Most of our life experiences, if we are honest with ourselves and others, teach us that we must do something to earn the love of others. We must do what our parents tell us to do. We must meet society's expectations for our level of education, personal achievement, financial success, etc., We must be the ideal spouse, we must be the prettiest, drive the fastest car, work from corner offices in high-rise buildings, and be someone no one can live without. The great I am. Right? If we can achieve the right things and avoid the fatal pitfalls, then we have a shot at truly experiencing love. Right? The problem with this approach to love is that it sets us up for a defeat. Sooner or later, okay, because of something we have or have not done, we lose the love of someone or something and our world unravels. We disappoint our parents, our spouse, or our children. We experience financial difficulty or fail to get a promotion. Who is left to show us love? Sometimes it is no one. The good news is that the unconditional love of Jesus is available to everyone. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, who doesn't need that, right? Is available to everyone. If God lives within us, then we have the capacity to show unconditional love towards ourselves and others, even to the least of these. We know the pain of letting other people down, and we are aware of the pressure of constantly trying to earn the affection of others by doing things they will admire, acknowledge, and affirm. What if we decided to live life differently? The only way to receive unconditional love is to give it away. Unconditional love doesn't come with any expectations or strings attached, it is present whether or not we succeed or fail. And it isn't attached to what we do, but who we are in Christ. That kind of love is unconditional. When we see it, experience, and give it away, people take notice. And and we have the capacity to show this love towards others because God has loved us in the very same way. Unconditional love is supernatural. Supernatural doesn't mean impossible. It just means it's not natural. But God's plan has been supernatural from the beginning, amen? (laughs) So this isn't exactly new, okay? When we break ranks with our culture and embrace a supernatural approach to love, we invite the opportunities into our everyday lives where we can extend unconditional love to others. You don't change cultures by influencing groups of people in masses. You change the world one person's heart at a time. It could be as simple as a handshake and a smile or a compliment. Whatever it is, we must recognize that we have the capacity to show unconditional love to others. Can I get an amen for that? And in doing so, we are transformed into agents of change which is Christ-likeness. Amen? Amen. Jesus could have fought an earthly battle and waged war on Rome. There were plenty of people, even some of his disciples, who would have preferred he take that approach. But when Jesus talked about the kingdom of God, he was clear that God's way of living is different from our way of living. Can I get an amen for this? Our clearest picture of this unnatural, unconditional love comes when Jesus is willing to die on our behalf for our sins so that we may have life forever. If you think carefully about those closest to you, there is likely at least one person in your life that understands and practices what it means to show unconditional love towards others. These are not loud and noisy people clamoring for attention. Rather, you'll find them quietly serving others right where they are. They aren't waiting for someone in the future to make a difference. They are making a difference today. What happens when unconditional love is introduced into the equation? Everything changes. Everything changes. Nothing stays the same. OK. I got the signal. OK. Better.) <laughs> Hey, we got to look out for each other, right? In every way, right? You will not want to walk around with something all over your face all day. You want somebody to tell you so you can wipe it off, right? Amen. That's love.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> it's not like, oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings. No, love. It's not trying to hurt your feelings. It's just trying to tell you you got something on your face. You should take it off. Somebody yeah. starts laughing at you.
0: <laughs>
1: all right. <laughs> At least one person. These are not loud, noisy people. They aren't waiting for something in the future. What happens when unconditional love is introduced in the equation? Nothing stays the same and no one can go back after they have experienced it, even just once. Unconditional love heals the broken, empowers the timid, affirms the hesitant, and elevates those who have been overlooked, forgotten, and silenced. How about an amen for that? There is a power that comes to those who show and to those who receive unconditional love. Those who show this love are released from being consumed with themselves. Those who receive this life are released from limitations others have placed on them. Okay? Unconditional love sets us free so that we might live according to God's plan for our lives. Further... It sets in motion the steps necessary to bring about the kingdom of God on earth. While we wait for the coming of a new world where unconditional love will exist in its original form. Without human manipulation or corruption. How about an amen for that? Too often we excuse ourselves from opportunities to embody unconditional love because we are convinced we aren't smart enough mature enough, experienced enough, or rich enough to make a significant impact. That simply isn't true. You have everything you need right now to show unconditional love towards someone else. The Bible is about ordinary people just like you, who did extraordinary things when they released unconditional love in and through their lives. Can I give an amen for this? God blessed what they were doing for others and enlarged their influences and impact. You can be part of that blessing too. Unconditional love is not a challenge for the future, but now. It is not something we can wait to do, but it's something we must initiate right now. You can be an agent of change. It will look different than what you might think. But there is great power in letting go of which is holding us back. Choosing to recklessly share unconditional love with others in the same way God has done for us will change you and the people you reach. Can I get an amen for that? All right, I think I explained it pretty good right there, right? Now we're going to take a look at a couple of things here. Let's go to First, Second uh, Peter chapter 1, and we're going to talk about some of the things here.
0: <clears throat>
1: I just want us to affirm that God has given us everything we need to accomplish this. Can I get an amen for that? <clears throat> He's given us everything we need, and I'm going to prove it by what the Bible tells us. Second Peter chapter one verse one. There goes the pages. I love it. So did I introduce that? Okay, we understand. We all need unconditional love. That's why I become it. You know what maturity is? Showing unconditional love to yourself and to others. That's what true maturity is. This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. Verse 2, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Growing in faith. By His divine power, All right, or by His supernatural power, Okay, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. And a godly life is simply unconditional love. That is a godly life. Okay? We have received all this. How have we received it? By coming to know him. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. In verse 4, and because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you To share in his divine nature. So we have to know the promises of God to understand and share his divine nature. Can I get an amen for this? Which is unconditional love. And here it is right here. And escape the world's corruption. And what's causing the world's corruption? Caused by human desires. Caused by the flesh. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh always causes problems. Can I get an amen for this? It stops us from carrying out God's will and unconditional love. There's always a condition on the flesh, right? How do you show unconditional love when somebody cuts you off on the highway? Do you say, Oh, I love you. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to pray for you. Or do your flesh get... Right? It comes right up, right? But God tells us to love our enemies. And it's just the devil putting that in front of us so we fail. Who do you think it is? There's another power at work within us giving us uh, to do His will instead of God's. Mm -hmm. Can I get a big amen for that? Am I the only one that has to fight with this when I get up in the morning? Oh, thank you. We can fight this together then? Oh, good. We can be a real church? Oh, awesome. (laughs) Thank you. We come here to heal, right? Because we know that we fail. We're not here like we're all pious and we got it all together. We're here because we're falling apart. And he needs to put us back together, right? we got to get the right way of thinking in. He's the one that helps us do it. All right. What is unconditional love? And I'm going to show us some important ways to know it and recognize it. Can I get an amen for this? What makes love unconditional? The definition of unconditional is without restrictions or limits. Unquestioning, how can you be certain of unconditional love, and where can you find it? There is one true source of this kind of love, and it is in God. If we want to learn to love others unconditionally, we must look to God, who is the perfect source. I didn't know what unconditional love was until I met Jesus. If I'm honest, I may not fully understand how God can still love me, even when I do things that sever our relationship. Am I the only one no can we be honest here amen? amen we fail and thank God for his grace and mercy right yet Jesus allows us to experience the love of the father through his death okay do you want to do you want to to love people unconditionally here are some things that you should know about it okay first thing God never runs out of unconditional love okay that's the first thing People do, God doesn't. God's love is infinite. There will never be a day when God doesn't love you. You can't do or say anything to revoke God's love. That's the gospel in a nutshell. The problem is, in our finite world, we get rejected by our friends, our marriages sometimes end in divorce, and our parents don't support us in the way we desire. Is it any wonder we don't fully understand God's love for us? But by working on our relationship with God reaching out to Him and trusting Him for everything we can begin to know an unconditional love we have not known or will ever know again. Can I get an amen for this? Let's go to Romans 8.31 Stay with me. We're going to learn something tonight. Especially in these days right now we need unconditional love. Well, Christianity is not going to be able to show.
0: <clears throat>
1: okay, Romans 8. We're going to go in verse 31. Remember when Jesus told Peter, come on, drop your net, we're going to fish for people? He didn't say, well, let me think about it. No, he dropped it and went. You see, this is what it is. When you become a child of God and God calls you to do something, you drop what you're doing and go. That's what he's saying. That's what unconditional love does. It's not about me. It's about God. And whatever whatever I got to do, I'm going to do for God. What should we say about these things? Verse 31. (laughs) What should we say about such wonderful things as this? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Amen? We have to understand that. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Which is unconditional. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? Or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. Psalms 44.22, they're quoting there. No, despite all these things overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. You understand, love is not a feeling. Just because we don't feel his presence doesn't mean he's not with us. Unconditional love, he's always with us. And let me tell you something, the teacher's always silent during the test. If you're not sensing his presence, he's testing your faith. He's saying if you're going to be faithful to him and his ways, are you going to go back to your ways again? And he wants to show you where you're at with him. Because God is not a feeling. God is a fact. He wakes us way past our emotions so we can be overcomers. Amen? Amen? Say, nope, I'm not buying into that. God is with me. Even though I don't feel Him, doesn't mean He's not here. The Bible says He's never going to leave me nor forsake me. These scriptures have to come to mind when that happens or we're going to fall to the flesh. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's what happens. But they have to come to mind. We fight the devil with scripture, the flesh with scripture. Just because you feel lonely and lost and, and your flesh is coming alive again, you say, no. God is with me. He said he never leave me and he never give me more than I can handle. Yeah. Yeah. You can only fight the devil with Scripture. Okay? And look what it says in verse 38. And I am convinced. Now the Apostle Paul, for him to get convinced, he went through a lot to get convinced that nothing could ever separate us from God's love. Okay, verse 38. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, or demons, or rulers. Neither our fears for today, or our worries for tomorrow. Okay, how many of us still have fears? And still how many of us still have worries? That cannot separate us from His love. You see it? See it? Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. What do you mean, the powers of hell? All that stuff that the devil tries to throw at us in nature. That can't separate us. It is inseparable. God is not holding anything against us, past, present, and future. In order to grow, we have to know that. Can I get an amen? You have to know because you don't feel his presence and things ain't working out your way that he's not with you. We still run on emotions and what? Expectations. Now it says right here, no power in the sky, verse 39, above or in the earth below, indeed nothing, in all creation, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord, which is revealed in the word of God. That's what he's trying to say here. Nothing. You can't do it. Nobody can separate us. Nothing can take us out of it. Not even me. I can't take me out of it. Once you're in, you're in. Can I get an amen for this? We've got to work past our emotions. It's time to grow up and mature, saying, No, God loves me unconditionally. It has nothing to do with the way I feel. It. He's with me and He's going to get me through this. Second principle unconditional love makes sacrifices. Unconditional love makes sacrifices. Okay. Perhaps the most well-known verse is John 3:16. Okay, let's go there. Talk about sacrifices. John 3:16. Huh? So loved the world, right? Listen, so God loved the world, not just Christians in church have to understand this principle. Can I get an amen for this? God loves everybody. He loved the world. He gave Jesus for everybody. So what are we to do? We're to give Jesus to everybody. Look at verse 16. For this is how God loved the world. Or for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son That everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Right? There it is. Right? God sent his son in the world. Listen. Listen to me now. He sent... God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. What do Christians do? They go out and judge unbelievers. When Jesus came, not to judge them, but to save them. So Jesus saves us, So we can go out there and save them. Not condemn them. Because if that's the case, all of us are going to hell. Because none of us are worthy of going to heaven. He saved us so we can help save others and build this kingdom. And it all starts one heart at a time. You hear it all the time. Oh, they'll never get it. They'll never come to believe. How do you know that? Are you God? Listen, it took, I don't know how many years for me to get this of people loving me and praying for me while I was still going crazy. Is it any of us? Should we ever give up on someone because we're not seeing a result right away? Never. God never stops working on us or praying for us. It makes a sacrifice. Say, I'm going to sacrifice. I don't see it. I don't know if I really believe it, but I'm going to make a sacrifice and keep on praying for them till they come home. Not because, they, oh, I'm not going to pray for them anymore. They got me mad or upset. Oh, that's Christ-likeness, right? Romans 5, go to verse 6. Do we get in this? Tell me this is not an important subject. Amen. This is the most important subject in Christianity today. is to show unconditional love. The problem is, nobody's teaching it. Guess what? I'm going to teach it. And we're going to get it. Because this is all part of spiritual warfare. If you want to tie it in, you can. Unconditional love is what... Is what, is, this is what the victory comes in unconditional love. When the devil wants us to go in our flesh and work the other way, unconditional love saves us from that. Alright, Romans 5 verse 6. Look what it says in verse 6. When we were utterly helpless... Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Jesus Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Amen? Amen. And since we have been made, made right in God's sight by what? the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. Look at verse 10. How many of us still feel condemned when we fail? What is that? It's a lack of an understanding. We're not getting this. It's not getting in here. It's not getting in here. Oh, we're going to get it in there. We need it to get in here. Time is short. We want to experience some of that now. Listen what it says. Look at verse ten. For since our friendship with God was restored, why was how was it restored? Why was it restored by us coming to church and being good? No. no, it was never restored that way. It was restored by the death of His Son while we were still His enemies. Okay, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice. Listen, are you rejoicing? Are you rejoicing tonight, my brothers and sisters? In our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus has made us friends with God. The devil wants us to think we're enemies with him. We're not friends with God because there's anything good in us. We're friends with God if what the blood of Jesus did for us. Thank you, Jesus. God is not seeing anything that you're doing wrong anymore. You know that? He doesn't see it anymore. He sees Jesus in you every day. What's the problem? We don't see it that way. When you can see it that way, then you'll see the sun more than the sin. But until that day comes, you'll always see your sins over the sun. You have to understand it was nothing that you can do or ever will be able to do to stay this way. It's already, You already have an A+. What's the problem? We're not staying at an A+. We're saying, I failed today. Oh, I must go to D. It's based on performance, right? I failed today. God must have gave me a C plus today. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do this, but I cost. Yep. Yesterday I got an F because I did both. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: well,
1: let's be honest here. How many, how many always? Ever, how, how? You can tell me, everybody in here saying "Hallelujah, praise Jesus, I love everybody." Lies. They're all lies. We can't. We can't do it. And that's why we have to understand that. Okay? Now, God's love is so far reaching that He sacrificed His only Son to pay the penalty for our sin and bridge the gap between sinners and a holy God. God has already made the ultimate sacrifice for us. If we want to love this way, we need to make sacrifices too. Sometimes it means we must sacrifice our comfort, our time, or other resources to love others the way God loves us. When we surrender ourselves to loving others with no strings attached, we can reap the benefits and experience all that unconditional love has to offer in a tangible way. You know it as well as I do. When you drop what you're doing and serve someone else, that's when the love comes in. That's when you sense God's presence. When you're living for yourself, you'll never experience God you never experience them. Mm -hmm. um, King David said, the king was going to give him a sacrifice to offer. King David said clearly, I will not offer anything to God that hasn't cost me something. Mm -hmm. We don't come to God out of convenience. We come to God out of sacrificial love. Mm -hmm. Saying, I really wanted to do something else, but I'm going to go and help somebody else instead. I'm going to do what the ministry needs. I'm going to ask what they need. And I'm going to go do it. Because that's what God wants me to do. Amen? There's no questions asked. Drop the net and go. But when it interferes with what? Our time? And I need to relax? You don't experience God's unconditional love. He's saying you're still in love with yourself. You're not in love with me. Have you not amen for this. Unconditional love is not love in un- self. It's loving others. Mm-hmm. Alright, the third one. You don't have to earn unconditional love. Let me see. Where am I going to go? Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Should I stop at 9? I'm not going to. As long as I'm preaching from this pulpit, I'll make sure 10 is involved in our all time. This is the biggest taken out of context scripture in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 2, look at verse 8. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. All right, so we, we know that, right? It's a gift. Salvation is a gift. We didn't earn it. don't have to earn it. don't have to do it to keep it. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. I don't have to do nothing. I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. This is true. But why? Let's read on. Why? For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. With the good things He planned for us long ago is what? Give unconditional love, something we can never do before in the flesh. That's why he saved us. Can I get amen for this? Amen. Oh, I don't have to do anything. No, you have to do everything now, in Christ's name. This is an extraordinary concept to consider. Jesus' death on the cross already paid for our salvation. By taking on the penalty for sin, he made it possible for God to offer his unconditional love to us. All right in America today, however, it's common to believe that everything, including love, must be earned. Yet following Christ means God's love comes free of charge. Still, for most of our life, we haven't tried. We still try to earn it. I felt like if I just completed a certain task, read my Bible, or prayed in a certain way, I could be on God's good side. That's true. I used to think that way, but Christ's death erased all that. Thank God He did. Although Bible reading and prayer are important, there is no required amount that I have to do to earn more of God's love. Can I get an amen for that? That's what I'm saying. You can't get any more closer to God than you already are. We still try to perform. Why? Because the world's based on performance. So we bring it into the church life, into spiritual life. Oh, if I only serve more, do better. Always do this and always do that. God's going to be more happy with you. No, he was happy as you was ever going to be when you believe in his son. The rest that we do is the fruit of our salvation. Because we love God so much, we can't help but give it back. That's all it is. Fourth principle. You just have to accept it. Have you accepted God's unconditional love for you? The woman at the well, okay, was looking for love in all the wrong places, wasn't she? After several husbands and then being with someone else, She was tired. (laughs) Don't blame her. (laughs) I'm tired with one. Never mind looking for five or six. Right? (laughs) Think about it now, right? She was tired. Why? Because she was looking for love from a human being. See, when you get married and expect the other person to love you the way God loves you, you'll end up divorced. We, they can't meet that expectation. That's why Christ has to be in the middle. That's why marriages fail, even in Christianity. We still put the expectation on the spouse or the other person. Now look what it says here. All right, someone else. She was tired. Love had hunger out to dry until she met Jesus. Jesus answered. Okay? In John 4.13. Let's go there. John chapter 4, verse 13. Let the scriptures speak tonight. Amen? Am I coming across all right tonight here? Thank you. I, I pray that God would give me t- the clarity to give it to you so you can understand it. And so we don't take it out of context. Like I can tell you, Jesus loved me just as much today before I got here, or before I studied the Bible, before I was even born. That's how much he loved me. And he loved you the same way. It never depended on your performance. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome, the love of God. It's too compre- incomprehensible. How can he love someone like me? You think about, you go back and visit your whole life from when you were a kid. And all the things that you did that were selfish and self-centered. And God says, I don't matter. I still love you. done. It's all paid for. And everything you're going to commit in the future, it's already paid for. That's amazing. That's amazing love, isn't it? All right. Look at John. Look at it, said. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, right? But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. What's the water he's talking about? The water of His word. Indeed, the water I give them, what will it it become? That's why we have to become a believer. It then will become in them a spring of water welling up for eternal life. You see it? It will become. When you keep reading the water of life, you become that spring of life. You become what? Like Christ. But you have to keep drinking it. How many of us shut the Bible when we're mad? Or things ain't going our way. Or I didn't get what I wanted from big genie God. So I'm not going to pray today. I'm not reading my Bible today. I'll fix me. The only one that can get you out of it, you want to shut them out. And how many of us still do it? Let's be honest. I've done it myself. God said, that's okay, go ahead. He never stops us from doing it. He says, You'll be back. That's what he says to me, you'll be back. He says, You want yourself, you want to go back to the way you were? Go ahead, you'll be back. Look what it says. When Jesus offered her living water of salvation, the woman's life was changed. This once shy, intimidated woman was proclaiming from the rooftop what Jesus had done for her. Are you proclaiming from the rooftop what Jesus has done for you by saving you? Are you not mentioning his name because you're not getting what you want from him? He already gave you life. Got it? We have to bring that always to the rooftop. It's called expectations after we get saved that keep us from jumping on the rooftop and glorifying God. Can I get an amen for this? Amen. We don't have to settle for subpar relationships trying to fill the void within our souls. Jesus has already offered us the living water of salvation. All we have to do is drink it. That's simple. What is it? Read it and believe it. That's all you have to do. It's that simple. First principle. It's the fifth principle. You can never lose unconditional love. You cannot lose unconditional love. In the story of the lost son in Luke, both the prodigal son and the eldest son are lost in different ways, okay? The eldest brother can't understand why his younger brother is getting celebrated for and for his repentance, while he, the eldest, does the right thing by taking care of his father and is not rewarded. The eldest is expecting something for doing right, while the prodigal is expecting nothing. See, the one who said he was doing right, how come I'm not getting rewarded for doing the right thing? Because there is no reward for doing the right thing. You do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. When you follow the Lord, you already have everything. No, but when when his brother came back, instead of a heart of love, he had a heart of hatred because his father gave him all the stuff. So I deserve it. I've been coming to church. That guy that hasn't been coming to church, why are you showing him all the love? Why ain't I getting all the love? I come to church faithfully every week. Why are you giving him that? Why are you doing that for them? That's what Christians turn into, hardened Pharisees. Where you been? How come you haven't come to church? Instead of like this. Let's celebrate. Let's go out to dinner. Our brother's back. Let's go to Luke 15. Let's, let's, let's look at the principle. This is what happens in Christianity. What did Jesus say? Won't you go and get the one that's lost? The one, the 99 that are here? You go after the one that's lost. We're already safe. We're here. What's the reward? We didn't drift. That's a reward in itself. And, and, and God, God still had mercy on both of them. Thank God. Luke 15, look at verse 29. This is where performance comes into play again. And God says, no, I I don't want performance. You perform because you're already saved, not because you have to be. But he replied, verse 29, All these years I slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never gave me one young goat or a feast with my friends. Which he probably did and he never recognized it. Right? Because when we get all wrapped up in ourselves, we get that, we think we have an entitled to it. Yet when his son of, when this son, listen to what he says. He didn't say, yet my brother. He said, yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. Yet readers find in this story an unconditional love that seems unbelievable. Alright, let's go to verse 31. His father said to him, Look, dear son. You didn't get mad at him. You have always stayed by me. And everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day. For your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he's found. Amen. Come on. That's how we're supposed to be with other people when they come back. Don't you think? If say, say you got one of your kids and they go off wayward, Do you do that to them? No, you welcome them back. You can't wait for them to come home. It's so the same thing in Christianity. When one of our brothers drifts, we pray for them. Hopefully they'll come back. And then when they do, amen. Hallelujah. Welcome home, brother. Oh, We've been waiting for you. And make them feel like they wanted, not like they did something wrong. They already know that. Hello. That's the first thing people do. They have guilt on them. Where you been? Well, maybe if you didn't leave church, it wouldn't happen to you. Oh, that's just how Jesus would treat them, right? Yeah, Judge him. them, right? And then guess what? That'll turn back on you. Don't worry about it. God will take care of you for doing that. Don't worry. God's no joke. He'll take care of you. He'll turn it back on you. And then you'll be miserable. Either way, have it your way. God's gonna have his way. You can't, you can't all, you can't outdo God. Oh, right, look at verse. Um, nothing can separate you from the love of God. No matter how badly you believe you behave, you believe you messed up your life with the heart of repentance, you can always come back to the Father. He will greet you with a kiss and invite you to a party thrown in your honor. But there's one thing that's involved. It's called repentance. Something that Christianity fails to say. It's not like, don't worry about it. You can stay where you are. Just come back to church. After you're done, you can go back to it. No, it's called repentance. Say, no, I'm no longer going to do that. I'm going to get back in line with God and start to follow him again. You don't just let him stay in sin and say, oh, I accept you now. That's not what he said. He's found again. He said he's leaving that behind and starting his new life again. Amen? We don't, we don't justify what they did. We know it was wrong. You don't let them continue when you say, no, you're, repenting is turning from it and not doing it anymore. So we're going to stop there. We've got more principles. We're out of time. We're out of time, but i got much more to say about this because we need much more of it. So we're going to close in prayer and then we're going to sing a song. Drew, you want to come up and close us? Thank you. Oh I have it. Thank you so much for your example of love that you show us Lord. I just pray that we take it for literally Lord, of all the examples you showed us Lord, and let us show people how this world exactly how the world was so and see Jesus to us. I just pray that you give us the strength of the Holy Spirit to do it because you can't do it in our flesh on I just pray that Lord, you Come to you with humility and put back in the so you can work for us in our lives, Lord. And I just thank you for everybody here who supports your work, Lord. And I just pray that you can get back to glorify Friday night you, Lord. Like amen. 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 All right. Thanks, Joe.